Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Monorail Co-Pilot Justin, and with me today... I have two. It's not just Justin today. Not hashtag just Justin. That last episode. Is that a hashtag? Was it trending? Actually, uh, Theme Park Warrior on Instagram did hashtag just Justin when he shared the episode. So I appreciate oh, that. Yeah. That's cool. So he created it for me. Shout out to Theme Park Warrior. <laughs> but no, it's not just Justin today. It's three quarters of the full team. Introduce yourself, smallest co pilot. I'm Garrett. Garrett is here and. Well, you already heard from me. It's Sam. Sam is here. <laughs> I'm sure everybody is relieved that they don't have to just listen to me for the next 15, 20 minutes or however long I could do a solo <laughs> episode. I'm glad to have you all back. Yeah, you did a good job. Yeah, it was okay. No, it was great. Nah, it was fine. It was it was just to the point. Short and sweet. Yeah, I didn't hear it. Garrett doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> this is Monday, September 24th. This will be the last mon or last episode for September, actually. Weird. I know. So uh, next week it'll be Halloween. October first. Oh yes, October first. Yeah. So <laughs> Halloween, the Spooks season for Halloween. It's already Halloween. Spooktober. Spooktober will be here. Bye, Everyone right. said that Halloween is a month long ha uh, holiday. Who? Everyone. I feel like that's true. I think so. And uh, Disney started their Not So Scary like in August. Mm -hmm. It feels like it has flown by. It has flown by, yeah. So they started it early for a reason. Time flies. Yeah. Well, and they know they can sell those tickets. Heck yeah. So this is episode number 23 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. Woo woo. Yeah. We're, we're, we're doing it, guys. We're doing it. We're, we've been doing it. Yeah. We'll be at, you know, 2,000 before you know it. So, we're going to start the show today going through the Walt Disney World Resort news. I have gathered some headlines for us to review and chat about. Then we're going to throw in an M34D. That's right. It's back. Yay! Landon won't get booted again this week. Yay, Landon! He'll be back. And then we'll wrap it up uh, chatting about some of our planning a Walt Disney World vacation topics. Back on track. Yeah. So, a little, stand a little more standard. I'm going to do this a little bit out of order from where I actually put these articles in the Google Doc. Okay. I want to jump around a bit. I am going to start with the last one that I added, which was that uh, Disney has announced dates for two events in 2019. The first is the Epcot International Festival of the Arts. This was something when we were talking about the calendar and the events that happened. We didn't know the official dates for this event. We have it now. It will run from January 18th to February 25th daily. Okay. And the concert series, the Disney on Broadway concert series, is expanding to seven days a week for Festival of the Arts. Okay. So, um, is this a ticketed event? No, it's part of Epcot. Nice. Admission. 
Additionally, the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival has been announced for March 6th through June 3rd. Oh, wow. The Outdoor Kitchens will be back again. And of course, one of the big things people love to see is all the flowers and gardens, including the topiaries. Um, and the Garden Rocks concert series will be back. And new this year, they've expanded the Garden Rocks concert series to seven days a week, So, which means there will be a total of 270 concerts over 90 days. That's a lot of concerts. Yeah, nearly three. A lot of music. I mean, I, I'm no math magician, but that's three a day, I think. Wow. Yeah. Just wanted to announce those dates. Those are things that are coming up. We're actually going to do the October preview next episode because since it'll be October 1st when we drop the show, it's like, it just lines up perfectly. So okay. I figure we'll just do it that way. Yeah. Now I'm going to jump back. There have been a, a couple changes announced for the Animal Kingdom. Probably both really related to budget. I know at least one of them is for sure, and, and actually I'm positive the other one is as well. The first is they made an announcement, Disney made an announcement this past week that the live actors are being cut from the Rivers of Light show at the Animal Kingdom. Oh, why? Well, budget reasons, really, because yeah. they're, they've set their budget for this next year, and um, as of September 29th, no more live actors in the Rivers of Light show. I feel like that's a big part of the effect because the ladies that were doing... Do you remember that, Garrett? The, the ladies, shamans. Yeah. Um, you could see them in the sail when they were out on the mm -hmm. water and stuff. That was pretty cool. It was cool. And I think it was probably like the most kind of engaging part of that show. I mean, it's neat. They've got fire, water, lights. It's it's A lot of the things are pretty cool to see, but isn't it... It's. I mean, it's just a fully automated show after that. Right. And there's nothing dynamic about it, really. Like, I feel like the actors bring it to life a little bit. And and also, it's it's got a loose story, I guess. You take the actors out, I don't know that you really feel like it has a story. There's anymore. no story. There won't be a story. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do with the drumming and all that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Who's going to be banging the drums? I guess they're going to cut drums out. I, I... Maybe they could add a little bit to the voiceover that kind of explains a little bit more about what's going on. The other change that's coming to Animal Kingdom is that the conservation station, Rafiki's Planet Watch, is going to close permanently in October. So again, um, it, it looks like this will last a little bit longer, but um, the the actual Planet Watch will close on October 21st, and Rafiki and Doc McStuffins are going to stop appearing as of September 29th, same date they're taking the actors away from Rivers of Light. So... Oh. We didn't actually go to Rafiki's Planet Watch. We were going to, and we didn't make it because you have to ride that train to the yeah. conservation station, and we missed like the last train. We were we were headed over there, and we missed it. So, so we we it? missed the whole thing. Yeah, we did. Well, we will never see it. Yeah. What is it exactly? It was really a, an area that was really focused on kind of the theme of Animal Kingdom, which is conservation, caring for the land, understanding the impacts of humans on Earth, and that sort of thing. That's really what it was focused on. Um, and so I, I know I saw on Twitter um, that there were people talking about how this kind of takes the core um, story or the, the core idea of what Animal Kingdom was about away. Oh, bummer. You know, so. Yeah. I mean, you still, you're still going to get that on Kilimanjaro Safari. Right. Because they talk about, like, you know, preservation and conservation and that sort of thing. But mm, yeah. that's kind of a bummer. They talk about, about uh, poaching a lot. Yeah. Anti-poaching messages. It used to be more heavy on that ride. They've taken some of that out. Oh, I think they yeah. should make it heavy. <clears throat> yeah. I don't. 
It's Why? a little lighter than it used to be. Because all the animals were really cute. Well, the, I mean, you know, they wouldn't take animals away. It's just there was kind of a when you would ride on Kilimanjaro safaris, it was like watch out for the poachers. And then there was there was even a scene where there were like elephant bones yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you. That's that's what I mean. Like yeah. I wouldn't want to see that because mm-hmm. I knew that was in there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but now, so I already, I already see that in the Lion King. This this was really a like the Rafiki and Doc McStuffins interaction were unique to that spot. So I wonder if they'll put Rafiki somewhere else. Maybe because um, I don't know where else you would meet him unless it was a special event. Yeah. So which is possible because there are a lot of characters you don't get to meet. Mm-hmm. So well, while we're talking about things going away and changes, let's go ahead and talk about this one. And I think this is kind of the big headline uh, from this past week. Disney announced that. An all-new nighttime fireworks spectacular will replace Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, as part of the transformation of Epcot. So, Yeah. So, late summer next year will be the last show. I don't think they've announced a specific date that Epcot is going to end Illuminations, but they do say in the uh, Disney Parks blog article that there will be a nighttime spectacular ready to come in right behind it that's going to start right away as soon as they retire illuminations but now it's kind of the farewell tour so if you have a chance you got to get down there and see it i mean i know the show's been going on for 20 years but that show was probably my favorite nighttime show at yeah. disney i i loved it i loved it too it was pretty it was cool. great i love how i mean and maybe the new show will too but i love how it incorporated all all of the pavilions of world showcase and i like the torches lighting up and i mean it was a little bit, you know, abstract as well, but I like the story that it was telling. Right. You know? um, and I thought it was just, it was just really effective and really, really cool. Yeah. Um, Seems like they're uh, making a lot of changes. They really are. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure that the, in another capacity or through another medium, Disney's already kind of announced that, that Epcot is changing. This felt to me like the first time I've officially read from a Disney source that they're, like, acknowledging that they're transforming Epcot. Yeah. I mean, I get it, and things change, but it's hard to adapt it initially because not... I mean, I don't think we're built to, like, change very much. Well, you know, here's what I think. When it comes to Disney, especially when you're people who don't live there and you visit maybe every three, four, five, or ten years, you've got some very, um, you know, important memories, nostalgia right. tied to your experience mm-hmm. that, that you had when you went there. And you when you go back, you kind of want to relive those moments and experience those things again and because and it, it brings it all back. You know, it's, it's almost like we go to Hollywood Studios with Garrett and it's easy to remember... The terrified child that we were dragging onto the Tower of Terror for yeah. the second time, <laughs> you know. So if Tower of Terror ever went away, it would be sad because I'd be like, "Oh, I used to love coming on this ride, remembering how we dragged a poor screaming child onto it a couple of times." You weren't screaming, but well, but but I mean, my my point is just that it's it for us like it's it's very tied to nostalgia and things like that. So when they change things, it's hard to accept because it's like part of. Our memories are going away, yeah. kind of. I just need to say something. Yep. That ride does have terror in its name. <laughs> it <does>. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Garrett. But you, yeah. But you were you were very scared even the second time after you knew what to expect. Because it goes very high. It does, but it's a good ride. 
<laughs> but anyway, I guess I guess that's what I'm saying. And we know we already know that kind of future world and Epcot is changing. You know, they they're bringing in Guardians of the Galaxy to replace Universe of Energy. Right. Um, we're getting that space restaurant. Who knows what's going to eventually happen with the Wonders of Life Pavilion? It's been gone forever. Um, so, I mean, and we know they're introducing more characters in the park, more of their you know IPs. Ratatouille's coming to France, so things are changing. And Epcot today is not the Epcot of 1982, or I should say the Epcot Center of 1982. True. Um, and so it's just kind of the evolution of it. And I guess one thing to always keep in mind for those of us who do struggle with these sorts of things is that Walt himself said that these parks would never stop changing. That's true, yeah. And they would never be complete I mean, or finished. I I didn't actually know that. I'm just pretending to he, know. He did say, he'd see, he did. That's a fact. That's a Walt... I'm not quoting him exactly, but basically he just said that they would never be finished and they would always be changing. And I think we have to sometimes keep that in mind because it's all in the name of getting new people to come in, trying to keep the crowds up, you know, trying to keep things fresh and exciting for people because, you know, a, a kid going for the first time to Epcot, you know, in a couple of years will have never seen Illuminations. It doesn't mean anything to them, but they're going to... This new show, I'm sure, will be super spectacular, amazing, mind-blowing. I was sad when Wishes went away, but then we went and we got to see Happily Ever After, and that's an amazing show. It is really cool. That you was know? pretty yeah. impressive. So I mean, they don't do it wrong when they make a change. No, they don't. So, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. It's I not, mean, sometimes they do, but not always. Well, I guess, you know, people would argue the especially about rivers of light like what's the point of that show most they're, most people aren't very satisfied with it anyway yeah they're, they're also wronging the, the muppets they're wronging them up it's just because they're underutilizing them yeah <laughs> they need to fix that mm-hmm. we'll see maybe they will they're using them more today than they were five years ago and maybe it'll keep going up yeah oh one of the things i read i didn't put this in here but um you know when they opened up Toy Story Land at Hollywood Studios, they kind of closed off Pixar Place, which was kind of supposed to be like the Pixar campus. And that's where, when we went there before, that's where we met Woody and Buzz. And that's where you would get on Toy Story Mania and that okay. sort of thing. Well, they closed that area off because they're changing it. And now it's going to it's gonna be like an Incredibles kind of area. It's supposed to be... Oh. Yeah. They're going to make... And at the end of it, there's going to be like an Incredibles street party... Okay. And it's supposed to be a little more like a little immersive Incredibles area. That's cool. So more Pixar coming into the studios. Yeah. And I've heard some rumors. They're really trying to grow that? Well, I've heard some rumors that they might be bringing in a Monsters, Inc. attraction to Hollywood Studios as well. Okay. So it's almost like Pixar is going to have a large footprint at the studio. And if that's true, why are they... The other the other rumor that's kind of been tossed around is that Wreck It Ralph a Wreck It Ralph attraction is supposed to eventually replace Stitch's Great Escape at the Magic Kingdom. Right. Why would they do that instead of putting it at the studios if that's where all the Pixar stuff's going to be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but don't touch my Tower of Terror. <laughs> Leave it the Twilight Zone. Yeah. And you and we've already talked about that the the Lightning McQueen um, Race Academy is going to be coming in. That's a that's a Pixar thing. Right. So, so. studios is really up in their Pixar game, but they should. They should definitely capitalize on those things. Yeah, they're pretty popular. So makes sense. I, I I'll like, be excited to see. I it. like Pixar. Mm-hmm. Thank it's you. Cool. Thank you for that contribution. <laughs> no, everybody. I mean, really, what is? Well, I guess people would say Cars Two was a misstep, but for the most part, 
people love every single thing that Pixar puts out there. They don't they don't have a lot of misses. Yeah. Even the Pixar shorts are I can't think huge. of a miss right now. Other than Cars 2? I don't think people I've seen don't it. like Frozen. That's not Pixar. Oh. And people love Frozen. Yeah. Well, I thought it was and also there, there's a lot of people who do not like. Well, Frozen. I think it's just people got sick of it because they definitely shoved it down everybody's throat. <laughs> and that woman that sings "Let It Go," <laughs> I wish she'd let that song go. I like that song. Yeah, but she, her voice wasn't meant for that song. It's a little out of her range. Yeah, she struggles to sing it live. If she when they had her in the studio, they were able to manage it. But when she sings it live, I'm it's, like, oh, it's a little, yeah, it's a little cringy. I like it in the movie though. So I did have a list on here that I wanted to go through the 19 magical new and limited time experiences coming to Walt Disney World in 2019. But I think we'll save that for next time. Okay. I think we've done enough damage in the news the newsroom for the day. <laughs> Do you think so, Garrett? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll punt that to next week. And now we're going to take a little break and head on over to M34D. It's back. Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. What are you guys talking about? Oh, wait, don't tell. Spoiler They'll find alert. out in a minute. <laughs> so stick with us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Monday Morning Monorail. This is Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes, or as we like to call it, M34D, because acronyms are where it's at. And joining me, as he does each and every week, is the Dawes in the Deep Dive, and that is Landon the Dawes Dome. Landon, welcome back to the Monorail. Glad to be here on this uh, bright and shiny or rainy or overcast Monday morning. I don't know what the weather is where you're listening, but uh, I do raise my cup of tea to you. Oh, that is quite appropriate. Uh, and remember, pinkies up. A little a little teaser. Well, I don't you, you know, um, I don't know that you have to keep it classy. This is a mad tea party that we're getting ready to step into. That's because, ladies and gentlemen, today... As we continue our exploration and deep dive into Day One Attractions, we are talking about the Mad Hatters, Mad Tea Parties, Spinning Teacups at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. Woo! Now, you want to say... So, last week, we talked about motion sickness warning. This is <laughs> this one is, like, all the way at the end of the spectrum. So, this this is... This one is the, you know, the benchmark for... You better have taken your Dramamine... Don't don't eat a giant Casey's corner hot dog before you step on this thing because you might be seeing it again sooner than you'd like. Yeah, you and the people in your immediate vicinity and they're not going to be nearly as excited to see that as you were the first time. <laughs> no, no they will not. Unless somehow you swallowed it all in one bite and it just comes out totally intact because that would be really trippy to see. <laughs> and also I think you would be a cartoon character with them. <laughs> And if you are, please hit me up at Landos on Twitter. I want to hang out with you. Are you Shaggy or Scooby, possibly? Um, <laughs> Zoinks. <laughs> so let's start off, as we usually do, and just let the lovely listeners know what exactly is the Mad Tea Party. And here's what it is. 
it was easy for me to describe <laughs> um, just kind of off the cuff what a carousel is last week. I'm going to let the internet explain this to you because I don't know that I could do it quite so eloquently. So here's how Wikipedia describes the Mad Tea Party. Mad Tea Party is a spinning teacup ride at five of the six Disneyland-style theme parks around the world. The ride theme is inspired by the unbirthday party scene in Walt Disney's Alice in Wonderland. And the ride the ride has certainly gained infamy over the years for the number of guests who get motion sickness as a result of the spinning component to the ride. And, I love that that's in the first oh yeah. paragraph. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I mean, because that, seriously, that's the headline right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Disney, Disney will add on their website, you get to pour yourself into an oversized teacup and twirl quickly or slowly amid a menagerie of color and sound. So you've got 18 teacups kind of arranged. If you imagine, so let's start with that disc, that round disc I was talking about last week. Put 18 teacups, not necessarily just in a circle, but maybe in their own circles around that larger disc. Those smaller circles can spin, but they're part of a larger, one larger teacup or one larger turntable that spins as well. So you're going around in a circle to begin with, and then you're inside a circle that can spin, and then you're in a cup that can spin. That's three spins. That's three possible spins. And that just, to me, sounds like something I want to avoid. But that's yeah, I was going to say, I just need to sit down hearing that description. <laughs> yeah. um, each teacup holds five guests, and you actually get to control, because there's a little steering wheel in your teacup, how fast your teacup spins. So one of the things that I found pretty interesting as we were doing this research is that um, when the ride was originally built in Disneyland, you... There was no uh, no brakes, no clutches, nothing to slow down the speed at which you could spin your cup. So oh. you could spin it as fast as you wanted to, probably dangerously fast. Um, and then that didn't change until like 2004. It it wow yeah it that long <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah so of course that means that. Subsequently, at the Magic Kingdom Park in Disney World, the same was true. Um, those were non-governor race cars out there, and you could go as fast as you wanted to in a tiny little circle. So, uh, yeah, man, I, <laughs> you know, and this is a ride we've talked about a few um, recently that that I don't remember myself riding as a child. This one I remember riding, and mm-hmm. I used to spin these things for all I was worth. Oh, heck yeah. 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 I would make my parents miserable on this ride. Mm-hmm. You remember when we were talking about the Dapper Dance and we were talking about my two foot one lovely mother? Mm hmm. Uh, well, me and my brother uh, got in a teacup with my two foot one lovely mother and we spun the boat Jesus out of that thing. <laughs> and it's interesting that Disney says you can pour yourself into these cups. You can also pour yourself out of these yeah. cups because that's exactly what my now one foot five lovely mother did after me and my brother just like got G's on that thing that we were going so fast. Oh my gosh. Just crushing her. <laughs> she deserves some sort sort of accommodation <laughs> after she got off that ride with you guys, because I can imagine with both of you pulling at that thing, it was, oh, yeah. that was a nightmare. <laughs> and, and, and that's back when we had no fear, so we were like, yeah, let's see if we can get this thing off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it fly. 
Exactly. Yeah, we'll turn this into a flying saucer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, I would go fast. Of course, it was usually just me because I was riding with like my dad and mom. You know, maybe my dad and brother and sister. But but usually I was the one that wanted to go faster and faster. Um, nowadays, I just I don't think I could even set foot in one of these. And, and seriously, unless I was very drugged up before I got on, because um, I can't even really ride. Like, uh, we were talking about the carousel last week. Car- the carousel would make me nauseous. Um, Dumbo would probably make me nauseous these days. Yeah, I remember I, you mentioned that when we were talking on Dumbo. Yeah, yeah. I I am very... It's sad because I'm one of these per- people that wants to ride every ride in every park. Um, and I noticed the last couple times that we've gone places, like my daughter and I went to Six Flags, and our goal was just to spend the day on roller coasters. Yeah, we're like six in, and I'm like... I think I need a break. I've got to sit down. I'm going to die. <laughs> it's just it one sucks of those, getting old. Yeah, exactly. One of those spoiler alert, everybody. Yeah, that that getting old stinks. So, so anyway, just like the carousel last week, I would mention this is one that I would probably like just stand back and enjoy watching the little kids get in there, watching the other parents who have to suffer through it because they've got little <laughs> ones who I guess they love more than I love my kids because I'm not getting on. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> You're such a great father. This it, this podcast has proven that time and time. It really again. it really has. But uh, you know, um, so I guess you know we we've kind of mentioned it in uh, you know as we've described the ride. But this this ride's pretty interesting to me because I feel like with with a lot of the rides that we've talked about so far, they really kind of take take you through kind of the story of the ride. Even the carousel last week has you know pictures around the carousel that tell you the story of of Cinderella Dumbo Yeah, they have a mural on it. Yeah. Yeah, Dumbo does the same thing. This ride really captures a specific scene from Alice in Wonderland, which is the unbirthday party, the unbir- the unbirthday tea party. And I think that's pretty interesting. I I just don't know how many other rides there are that really focus in on just one particular specific scene. scene yeah. yeah. So, that's that's another one of those pieces of trivia that I've come up with, but I have no way of answering right at the moment. Well, again, as we established last week, if you've now said it and this podcast is on the internet, so it's true. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Don't you are the fact setter, me. Justin Kritzinger. <laughs> so, Landon, um, I'm going to toss it to you. What what facts did you have that you wanted to bring to the table on this one? Uh, you did mention that this is an attraction in five of the six Disneyland-like parks around the world. Uh, obviously, we've already talked about Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom. Uh, in Tokyo, it's called Alice's Tea Party. Uh, in Paris, it's called the Mad Hatter's Teacups. And finally, in Hong Kong, Jay, do you know what it's called? Um, I'm going to say the Mad Hatter's Whirly Gig. Eh, wrong. It's actually called Stitch's Great Escape. No, it's it's, it's called uh, Mad Hatter's Teacups in Hong Kong. Oh. And uh, speaking of Hong Kong, Hong Kong and the Disneyland versions uh, share one thing. They have a teacup outside of the attraction for a better picture opportunity because this might come as a shock to you. You can't really get a good picture if you're spinning around at, like, say, 35 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Just just not going to be able to focus it's at difficult. all. It's uh, difficult. No. And, and we've already talked about how this ride is known for, you know, uh, making people a little bit queasy, uh, some motion sickness. Could you imagine riding this same ride without a roof? And, and so while you're going round and round being spun uh, at God knows what speed you're, you know, having to just be constantly beat down by that hot Florida sun. Uh, that was the way this attraction was uh, from 1971 to 1974 because it was installed without a roof. 
Yeah, I know. So that's that's one of those like oh bonehead moves that they made. You know, they they know they're dealing with Florida extreme conditions, the sun, the storms. Because that's another thing. If it was to storm, they'd have to shut down the ride, and it storms every day through yeah, the, been to Florida. Yeah, through the summer in Florida. So um, it's interesting that you know it, it took them a few years, but but that's really not that long to correct that mistake. You know, do, in '74 they they decided to put that uh, roof over it, which was a really good choice. Especially when you compare it to it took them, what, like 50 years to put handbrakes on the, <laughs> on the teacups to regulate them? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some other, I guess, changes or uh, renovations, notable ones throughout the year. In 1992, uh, they installed a new color scheme, new music, and quote-unquote colorful lanterns to the ride. Uh, and then in 2010, they repainted uh, the canopy. And this is a fun little... Uh, note i found the paris version is the only version of this attraction that features a petal shaped glass roof and surrounding gardens and the teacups from the paris version were used to design the teacups for tokyo and hong kong yeah that's really cool so that seems like that would be really pretty to see it sounds like it has a nice little landscaping around it like mm -hmm. it yeah. sounds really pretty yeah they, they definitely seem like they dressed up the area around it to really i guess uh showcase this yeah, attraction for sure I do want to say the Disney World version is attractive. It's very nice to look at. Um, the Disneyland version apparently was very plain when they installed it to begin with. And um, it was just like, I guess the turntable was, was just gray. And um, it didn't, you know, they didn't have kind of the cool psychedelic swirly colors that it has now. Uh, until or another turntable and a microphone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> until after a few years. And then the other thing that happened at Disneyland was for the 50th anniversary, they actually... Uh, painted one of the teacups gold, um, which hmm. which I thought was a pretty nice little touch. So it would be cool if they did that in the Magic Kingdom here in a couple of years for the 50th. They are um, approaching that. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. Um, it's oh what I what I was leading to though was that if you look at it and you're like, well the aesthetic of this ride kind of reminds me of some other things I've seen around the Magic Kingdom park. Well, there's a reason for that. It was designed by Mary Blair. And we've talked about her several times already, most notably as the person who really designed the overall theme and aesthetic of Small World. So, hmm. yeah, she's got her fingerprints everywhere. Just got to know where to look, I suppose. That's right. So, you know, uh, really, th those are the main things that I have about the, the Mad Tea Party. Um, I guess what I would say to you is... You know, I, I guess it's, it is iconic. I would say it's an iconic Disney World ride. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody knows about the teacups when they go to, to the Magic Kingdom. And, um, you, you like, know, honestly, I feel like everybody, even if they don't go to Disney, if you say teacups, they know what you're talking about. Yeah, it almost is like Small World in that way, in that mm -hmm. people, yeah. people know it, they associate it with Disney, and they know that it has a stigma attached to it. In this case, it's motion sickness as opposed to getting a song stuck in your head for the rest <laughs> of your life. Which, so. I mean, we can debate which is worse, uh, being sick or having that song stuck in your head. Or both, because it'll probably happen in the same day. Oh, God. Oh, man, that's <laughs> a fate worse than death. Right. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's the Mad Tea Party. Um not all these have to be, you know, war and peace. <laughs> so. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to just get in and get out and, uh, yeah, there had to be a better way to phrase that. Get on with life. Isn't exactly. That, there we like go. A, that's what I was trying to say. It's like a, I don't know if that's like the Jiffy Lube motto. It's, it's some motto for some get in, get out, get on with life. I don't know what that is. Um, 
So we are winding down on day one attractions, Landon, actually. We're, we're coming up uh, to the end of our day one attraction list. We are going to, next week, be moving on to the Tomorrowland Speedway. And then I already told you all that we are putting off the Haunted Mansion until Halloween. So a little, you know, early teaser. Come back Halloween, you're going to hear all about the Haunted Mansion. Um, but... After Tomorrowland Speedway, we've been kicking around this idea of instead of going just to moving on to the rest of the open attractions at the Magic Kingdom, maybe we start talking about some of the closed attractions that have come and gone, and maybe we do a little eulogy for each one of those. Um, so that seems like that's a fun idea. If that's something you're interested in, let us know. But, you know, even if not, this is our show and we're going to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> Everybody be prepared for Disney go karts next week, you guys. <laughs> Disney go karts. Yeah, the the speedway. Oh boy. I, you want to talk you about go to not... Disneyland and you, and you and you get on go-karts. You played yourself. Congratulations. <laughs> you want to talk about not having a whole lot more to say. Uh, that one might be short as well. So Yeah, seriously. Uh, you're going to smell like gas and you're going to be like, "Oh, I I was on go-karts." Sweet. <laughs> Maybe what we do with that show is we talk about what they could do with it instead. Like how how they could reimagine it to make it make it better. If we're, if it's never going to go away, how do they keep it fresh? That's something to think about. So okay, yeah. So come back for that. That should be fun. Yeah, what a sell job we just did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, gonna suck. But come back anyway. No, it won't suck. Nothing sucks. No, it won't suck. It's still Disney. It's still an attraction. It's it's fun. I've ridden the Tomorrowland Speedway more more times than I can count because yeah, I I, I guess I'm a fool, but it happens. <laughs> you, you played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Landon, thanks, as always, for joining me on the monorail. And if you all want more of Landon, I'm sure that you do, you can do yourself a favor by visiting his website. That's buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips, sit on your butt and munch. I, I get to do the, the motto for that one, the little slogan. That's me. That's all me. Um, <laughs> I didn't write it. I just get to say it. But, uh, but yeah, over, go visit that website, and there's all kinds of fun Landon-themed Landon content. And uh, a couple of those things are going to be podcasts, of course, Nearfall Radio, a fun wrestling podcast that you can hop in, tag in and listen to. And then he's got Got Talk or Game of Thrones Talk, which is a podcast that he and Hunter East have where they talk all about the Game of Thrones series. And of course, the next season may never come, uh, but if it does, there'll be no episodes at that time. Yeah. So head on over to buttmunchships.com and uh, keep an eye out on that. That's right. So Landon... Thanks a lot. I hope that uh, this one didn't make you too nauseous, but maybe grab a <laughs> grab a seltzer water and uh, take a little break, and we'll catch up with you next time. Yeah, actually, see, I'm going to go get that ginger ale and sit under uh, the, the tree over there. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the return of M34D. I know Landon will be excited that he wasn't kicked from this show again. <laughs> we got to bring our buddy back. Yep. This week we were talking about the Mad Tea Party. So hopefully you all aren't like dizzy or nauseous from that discussion. Just from the discussion because... I don't even... I can't <laughs> think about it. I just... Mm -mm, I don't ride that ride. No. McKenna and I got it. Ugh. It was awful. 
It was so awful. I was just holding the little thing in the middle, trying to trying make to our teacup stop spinning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do now is be fighting against the kids to make it not spin. Well, I, I wouldn't be spinning it because I get extremely nauseous. I used to be much better with it when I was younger. I, I was very resilient. I, I had uh, a stomach of, of pure steel, but I can't do it now. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had I a got of really steel. sensitive really quickly. Yeah. You and McKenna are both motion sick. That feels like it came overnight for you. Yeah, it was fine for a while, but then it got like really bad, and I can't spin like at all now. Hmm. That's a sad story. Mm-hmm. So, for segment three today, I wanted to return to our discussion about planning a Walt Disney World vacation. And there's a couple of things. We're going to package a few things together here. So, because uh, these last few topics are things we can kind of talk about quickly, but they're very important when you consider, you know, planning for your vacation ahead of time. So, one of the first things I wanted to talk about was the, des- the decision to fly or drive to Walt Disney World. So, yeah. Um, some people this may not be like if you're if you live in Washington state, it's not even a choice. Like you have to fly. You're not right. you're not driving to Walt Disney World. That would yeah. make no sense. What about you have in to Maine. Be- Maine, right. That's another long one. Now people do drive from like New Jersey, New York area, they'll drive down, but that's still a lot of driving. Why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Well, because of money. And and that's really what people are thinking, you know, I'll sacrifice a day on the road to save those plane tickets. I mean, it's expensive to fly. Especially if you live in an area like we do where we don't have a hub at our airport. So we just have like a small airport. Um, it costs a lot more to fly out from here than it would somewhere like Atlanta or Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's just a trade off you have to make. I mean, I think there are a lot of things that you could, you could say this is true for, for air travel. You, you are paying to get more time at Disney because you can fly in either early in the morning or the night before you can fly out late afternoon or evening. So in your travel time, as long as you don't have a lot of layovers or a long layover somewhere, it's pretty minimal. You know, Um, if you're driving, it really is going to be like, well, depending on where you're coming from for us, it's basically, you know, most of a day, right? if, If we're driving down and then driving back. So I know we left, when we uh, came back in July and we were driving home, we left Disney Springs at what? It was like four? Yeah, something like that. So we got home after midnight. Yeah, it was really because late. we Because we, wanted, we were trying to stay as long as we could um, and, and get the most out of it. I wanted to stay another day. Yeah, of course. It's never enough. Uh, Gotta go to Epcot. Yeah, we didn't get to go to Epcot. So... Um, so I think it's something that you just really have to consider how much is that extra time worth to you? Is it worth it to fly? Plus then you have to decide, are you going to rent a car when you get there? If you fly, right. Um, or are you going to take the magical express? If you do that and you don't rent a car, you're saving on the overnight parking fee that we had to pay. Yeah. And you do have to pay at every Disney resort. Now, if you're parking on property, uh, at, a, at one of the resorts, you pay the overnight parking fee. So that's just another cost you have to factor in. So if you fly, rent a car, and you pay the overnight parking, that's a huge cost. Right. I thought the the room included that. No, they've added it on. Mm-hmm. You would think so. Why not just include how much they want to charge you for parking in the room? But 
there's all kinds of fees and stuff that they add on. Yeah, sneaky fees that everybody likes to add wherever you go, whatever hotel you stay at, even. But wouldn't it make more sense? Wouldn't it make more sense to to include like, like have it be a cost, but have it be included in the room fee? Well, not everybody's bringing a car. Hmm. The other thing is they can make the price of the room look lower mm-hmm. if they add on the parking overnight parking fee later. So yep. that's the other thing that it's a it's a mind game. So that's just something to think about. I mean, if you like, if you live in Georgia, Alabama, oh yeah, you know, driving, you're, you're driving, down. no doubt, you're driving. Yeah, somewhere else in Florida, you're driving. If you live further away than that, you're starting to have to do. The, the calculation. Right. How long is it going to take me to drive there? You know, what's that? You know, it's it's opportunity cost. You know, I, I think that's what you have to think about. So that's a big factor. Um, and then the other thing to think about is as you're baking your budget, you really have to think about food. Yeah. This is, this is a huge factor and it's going to have a huge impact to your budget. And if I could tell people one thing... Like, if you're not someone who needs to eat a giant meal all the time, you really can't share. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we always make the mistake of thinking everyone needs their own individual food. And then at the end, we're like, gosh, there's still so much left. We can, like, our family of four, we could definitely share two or three meals between each, like, all of us. and, And all walk out pretty full. That's right. It's almost all of the meals that you get, especially if you go table service, but even counter service mm-hmm. are large portion size. So, and, and you don't want to stuff yourself for like breakfast and lunch anyway. Right. I mean, you might want to have a little bit bigger dinner, but you know, you're, you're doing a lot of walking. You don't want to make yourself sick by overdoing it on food and then, you know. Yeah. And then make your kids um, eat something other than chicken nuggets and macaroni and cheese, parents. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> Garrett. <laughs> well, the other thing that, that you should really understand, and you know, it's not a secret, but I don't think it's just widely broadcasted, is that you can take food into the Disney parks. So if you don't want to basically pay the Disney premium for a, a burger or chicken nuggets or something um, for quick service lunch, you can bring food in with you. I just wouldn't want to carry it around. That's my thing. Yeah. That's true, but a lot of people are carrying backpacks anyway. Yeah. I mean, if you can pack sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely doable. Or power bars or whatever it is you're going to pack. Yeah. Uh, trail mix, you know, things like that. It's just another option. It's something that you should really know because it's a way that you can cut into that. But, you know, it's it's a trigger you can pull to save some money. Right. Yeah. Um, so, money gun. Yeah, exactly. Um, if your room's got a refrigerator in there, you know, you, you probably, you know, you could have like cereal for breakfast or whatever. You don't have to go to the cafeterias or the restaurants at at your hotel. And a recommendation, if you do like to have drinks, like when you're at the pool and stuff, just go buy your own beer or something and put it there because their beer is like $12 for a can. (laughs) Yeah, drinks are expensive. I mean... The other thing that you have to kind of think about is you're on vacation and you want to enjoy things and you want to get like the fancy drinks from the poolside bar and different things like that. But maybe you don't have to do it every time. Yeah. You know, so of course you want to splurge a little bit because you want to enjoy it. You don't, you don't want to just go and like do bare minimum, you know, just so you can be at Disney. 
You right. Because you, you want to have a good experience. I feel like um, whenever I was younger and we went on some trips, we did bare minimum. You know, we were making food, like breakfast, eating cereal and stuff. Um, and even whenever McKenna was little and it was just the two of us. Um, but we had a lot of fun anyways, you know? Well, sure. And I'm, I'm not trying to say you wouldn't. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that when you go to Disney, you're on vacation. And like in our case... We don't get to go every single year. And you want to be able to enjoy some special things. Right. And I'm a huge foodie, so I love to have people make something I've never tried before for me. Yeah. But I think that the strategy that you talked about, sharing is is a good way to cut into that cost if you are buying meals at the parks. And, you know, really look around because you don't have to just go with things like, burgers and, and chicken nuggets and things like that. There are a lot of really good options and there's healthy options. Yeah. Yeah. So, Oh, and if you go, so last time when we went, we didn't take cups with us to the park. And if you could carry around like maybe one or two cups and share it with the family, that's actually a really good idea because it takes a little while to get waters and they're really small cups of water. Yeah, water is free everywhere. They will give you water. You can go up. We went to, was it Flame Tree? No, it was at uh, Hollywood Studios. I can't remember the name of the quick service, but we just walked up and just asked for four waters. Yeah, and they gave we didn't them order to anything us. else, and they gave them to us, no problem, no question. They don't look at you mean, you know, they, and, but they are small cups. They're like what you would think of you get at the dentist office to rinse and spit. No, not that small. <laughs> give me a break. And they fill them with ice. <laughs> and then you get a spit of water in there. But no, but you, you do. You get free water everywhere. But it is a good idea. Maybe take a couple cups. They make these like collapsible cl- cups. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I'm thirsty. Like mm-hmm. I'm always really thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard. And it's hot out there. Yeah. And I, you gotta I stay hydrated. tons of water anyways. This is what happens when you're not hydrated. Stay hydrated, kiddos. Scare <laughs> it. So, (laughs) that's a good tip, though. We're talking about packing food. Pack a couple cups. It doesn't necessarily have to be like collapsible cups. If you're staying for more than five, six days, you're probably going to get those refillable resort mugs. Mm -hmm. You can take those with you to the park. They're not going to let you fill them with soda, but you can fill them with water. And they've got lids, which are nice. Right. Um, I recommend... They used to, I don't know if they still sell them, but years ago they used to sell these lanyards that you could get that you could like cinch to a water bottle. Ah. So that way if you didn't want to just add something to your backpack or whatever, that way you, you could have a bottle with you all day. That's um, cool. So, you know, maybe you, you take a lanyard and maybe kind of rig it up to your refillable mug so yeah. you're not, you don't have to carry it around all day. Um, I don't know. Just another option. Because you don't want to have things in your hands. But I will say that Disney's pretty accommodating. When you get on rides, there's always a place for you to put the things you're carrying, your bags, your cups, things like that, because they know people are going to have their hands full um, and be loaded up like pack mules. So there's never an issue. No, Um, no. And maybe sometime it would be really good for us to talk about, like, uh, what to pack in your Disney backpack. That's a good idea. Yeah. That could be part of the planning discussion down the road. Um. The last thing I want to mention while we're talking about food is advanced dining reservations. So this is very, very important. It's so important. Yeah. We talk about 
making sure that you get to do the things that you want to do when you go to Disney, especially for those who can't go every year or all the time. Well, the only way that you're going to ever get into the restaurants that you really want to get into is taking advantage of the advanced dining reservations. So here's a little story real quick. Um, McKenna and I, whenever we went that the first time, I had no idea and I tried to get into like a couple different places and they were like, did you uh, have a reservation? And I said, no. And the lady said, we don't have any openings. Yeah. And, and that's how it is. Yeah. There, there are places they will not even let you wait. No. They, they told just me turn you away. Ev- everywhere I went. And it happened to us when we went to Beaches and Cream on our previous trip. That's true. We tried to walk up and they were like, we don't have anything. Yeah. And they just, they sent us away and we felt very sad. And we didn't know about the <laughs> counter where we could have at least gotten the ice. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know. So we missed out on it completely. But speaking of Beaches and Cream... That's a place where if you want to get in there and it's important to you because that's something that you really want to do on your Walt Disney World trip, you have got to make sure to use the 180 days. That's how far in advance you got to plan your reservations. And it sounds crazy because how do you know half a year ahead of your vacation what you want to eat on what night? It's crazy to think that you would, but you need to go ahead and make those reservations. Yeah. Um, if you don't, like, and I'm talking midnight. When, at, when your window opens, you've got to jump in there and try to get a table because I'll, I'll tell you, you know, we were, when we set our reservations to go or made our reservations to go down to Disney in late July, at the time that we uh, reserved our room, it was actually just within the 180 day limit. So we didn't have the ad- advantage of having that full period of advanced reservations a lot of things were already booked by the time I started looking, including Beaches and Cream. Right. But don't despair if you miss out on something like uh, Be Our Guest, because that's another one that fills up the California Grill. You know, some of these places that are really, really popular, because what you what you need to do, check every single day. Yeah. And that's what we did. Persistence paid off, because I probably did that for 40, 50 days, like just checking, just on a whim. I'm like, hey, you know... It's been 12 hours. Let's see if anything opened up at Beaches and Cream. And boom, we ended up getting a lunch the day that we um, that we left. Yeah, so, we were pretty lucky. Yeah. So it was awesome. And But it, it can happen, but but I wouldn't leave it to chance. So keep in mind, look at, look at the restaurants that are available to you. Think about the things that you want to do and, and what days you think you'll be in what parks. And then make those reservations. 180 days out, you've got to do it. You're like, no, it's fine. It'll be fine. It won't be fine. Yeah. They'll be booked. Yeah. You'll be going to somewhere that you don't really want to go like Tusker House where it's really loud. (laughs) You want to go to Cinderella's Royal Table in the castle? 180 days. Be our guest? 180 days. Got to do it. Yeah. People, People book things really fast. They have to. And it's crazy. You don't have to do that in life. You do not have to make reservations for restaurants 180 days in advance. Well, it could be a fancy one. Maybe a really fancy exclusive restaurant. We wouldn't know (laughs) what restaurant this is because we're not invited. But (laughs) But it's just, it's it's not normal. I mean, and we're going to talk about making fast pass reservations as well. And and again, it's something that, how do you know what day you're going to be in what park, what you're going to feel like? You just figure you have it out. To, you have to plan it. Mm-hmm. You have to be, if you, if you want to take advantage of these things, and you need to because you've got to maximize your time when you're at Walt Disney World, 
So you need to take advantage of things like fast pass and your advanced dining reservations because you don't want to be sitting around waiting for a table. If you happen to walk up and a place is full and they say you can wait, but it might be an hour, that's wasted time. Right. You can't afford to waste time in the parks. That's called let's go to Cosmic Rays. There's nothing wrong with Cosmic Rays. That place was pretty cool. Sunny Eclipse, (laughs) hitting the hits. Well, you get stuck with a okay burger and okay fries. Yeah. That just reminds me. You don't go for the the food. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You go for Sunny Eclipse (laughs) and his space angels. It's pretty unique. (laughs) Unless you've got a Chuck E. Cheese nearby and it's the same kind of thing. Um... No, that just reminded me that we missed out on the super stretchy burger. Chuck E. Cheese is not Cosmic an alien, Rays. so. I argue that he could be an alien because I've never seen a half mouse, half human looking thing. Yeah, I have. That wears clothes and can. Does he play an instrument or he doesn't play an instrument? Does I have. He? Does he play the triangle? You know that movie, An American Tale? Bible, yep. Yep. Chucky's brother. <laughs> Is Chucky a mouse? He's a rat. Chucky e. Cheese is a rat. Chucky e. Cheese yeah, is a mouse. A rat. I think they call him a mouse. He looks like a rat. He looks like a rat, but he's called a mouse. Oh. <laughs> he's a rat. Chucky e. Cheese is not cool. Disney. Yeah, I do miss Showbiz. Billy Bob, he was the man. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that'll be everything I want to cover for this uh, edition of planning a Walt Disney World vacation. Next time we're going to get into Fast Pass Plus, um, and then we do talk about what to pack. So I think we can include in that what to pack on a day you're going to a park. Yeah, I not think just that's a good idea. Yeah, not just what to pack for your trip, but packing for your day as well. That'd be good. So, and that'll be the last one, and then we can we can like make a compendium of all of these like all together. Gosh. Well, we're not done. We need to talk to about to our travel planner as well. No, I know that's that's going to be a follow up. We're gonna we're gonna bring on Nick, one of the Nicks, one of the amazing famous Nicks, <laughs> to, to come on and talk to us about working with a vacation planner as well, because there are a lot of advantages to that. Because um, maybe you're hearing all this stuff and you're like, this is too much for me to handle. It is a lot. Yeah. Luckily, I have Justin. I don't handle I actually anything. really like doing all of this stuff. I it, I can't. I'm so glad you do it. <laughs> I love it. I'm a planner. I think I probably have said it on the show before, but I'm an accountant by trade, which means I'm a nerd and I'm OCD. And I really enjoy being... I, I enjoy the tedium of like putting together daily agendas and trying to figure out where are we going to be on what day? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to go? What are we going to ride? I love it. I mean, you would think with my job, I would be somewhat the same, but really, I just uh, make sure sentences flow. <laughs> so she writes rap lyrics. Yes, is what we're saying. Sam Boom. Sam is a rap songwriter. <laughs> That's not what I meant. for for Kanye. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, get it right, Drake. Oh. All he loves is his bed and his mom. Did you write that one? Actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my confusing Kanye West and Drake. How could you? Yeah. I think both of them would be offended. I think so. And Drake is the only one who has the right to be offended. <laughs> All right, Garrett. What do you have to say before we wrap up? You always have parting words of wisdom. Yes. That's it? Uh, That's disappointing. Yeah. It lacked luster. Mm-hmm. 
Kanye or Drake, which one, Garrett? Uh, I think Dr- Drake has less cringy lyrics. <laughs> His dance moves are kind of cringy. Yeah, he throws pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okay. Drake or Kanye? You have to answer as well. Kanye 2020. <laughs> Just kidding. That would be a nightmare. Do they do they have like a um, a feud? Are they feuding artists, or do they even acknowledge each other? I have no idea. Or do people ever ask the question, Drake or Kanye? Are we the only ones who've ever asked that question? I don't know. I don't think we are. Monday morning monorail poll: Drake or Kanye? That's what's important put today. On, <laughs> put that on Twitter. I'll put it out there. Okay. All right. We'll wrap it up for Hold today. On you. I'm gonna go with. Um, Too long. You're out of time. Jay Z. <laughs> okay, you can't throw another in the mix. He's he's option C. He isn't an option because his wife owns him. What about JW? JW Marriott? I mean, no, no, not JW. KW. Uh, what's that? Kanye West. Oh. <laughs> okay, anyways. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. It has been amazing as usual. We appreciate you so much. Tell your friends. Write comments to us on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Call it. Call the toll free <laughs> toll free <laughs> voicemail. We're <laughs> call me now. Call me now for your free reading. We'll read your. <laughs> we'll read your palms over the phone. Do you like horoscopes? <laughs> yeah. Um. No. Seriously, we <laughs> we're on all the social medias. Monday Morning Monorail. Follow us on Instagram. We're there too, and we're on YouTube. Um, subscribe. Give us comments and ratings on iTunes. It helps people find us, but also spread the word. Tell your friends. Swipe right on Tinder. Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all.